Everybody, welcome back to another episode of the Summits Podcast. Uh, this is episode one of the year, Deuce Deuce, as I like to call it, 2022. Um, hope everyone had a happy new year. Hope you guys had a good holiday season. Um, ours was interesting, which we'll touch on in <laughs> later uh, in another podcast, perhaps. Um, for those of you out there listening on whatever medium you listen to your podcast and those watching on YouTube, again, thanks for joining us. Um, if you're on YouTube, make sure if you haven't subscribed, hit that subscribe button, hit the like button if you like us. Uh, you can hit the down or the thumbs down uh, icon. It doesn't do if you anything anymore. That's fine. So, yeah. whatever. Dislikes mean nothing on YouTube anymore. Yeah. So, hit it as much as you want. Comments are great. We, we appreciate any and all comments. Well, not all, but most. Um, but if you have something negative to say, unload. We're always, we're always looking to improve. Uh, today, we are uh, joined by Lara Overton. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you guys for having me. Honored to be here. Wow, honored. Well, honored. We'll, we'll see if yeah. we're still honored <laughs> in about an hour. Well, yeah, we'll check in in like 30 minutes. We'll, yeah. we'll take a beat on that. Uh, Lara, why don't you uh, do us a favor, introduce yourself, give us a little uh, background history on yourself. Well, the title that most people would know me under probably is sports reporter and anchor. I was a long time with Fox 59 and CBS4. I was an mm -hmm. MC with the Indiana Pacers. My current role is reporter, host, and producer for the Indianapolis Colts, but I'm a Hoosier native. I was actually born in Louisville, Kentucky, but raised in New Albany, Indiana. Okay. Went to Indiana University, studied journalism at IU, ran track and cross country for the Hoosiers. And when I graduated from Indiana, I uh, was very fortunate to go back and work in my hometown TV market, was hired at WDRB Fox 41 in Louisville and worked there for a number of years. Got a break doing sidelines for Big Ten Network right when Big Ten Network was launching. And they were really interested in having a lot of former Big Ten student athletes involved in launching the network. So I was afforded an opportunity to cover IU and Purdue sidelines, covering college football for Big Ten Network. Eventually landed a full-time sports reporting and anchor role in Terre Haute, WTWO. Uh -huh. So I was there and then continued working for Big Ten Network and that brought me to Indianapolis. So I've been in Indianapolis now uh, more than 11 years. So uh, great to like call Indianapolis home and great to have been able to navigate my career and have so many different opportunities that have allowed me to really stay within proximity to my family and where I grew up and be able to proudly be a Hoosier and be able to be part of this wonderful community in central Indiana. Do we have a yeah. background recording of who, who Hoosiers by chance? You know, I think Chris lost so that with somewhere. obviously with Daniel being a yeah. Boilermaker, as you guys know, and then Chris, our, our engineer is also a Boilermaker. That might be a tough, uh, a tough, you brought me in to balance things out in here. I did. Didn't yes. You? Yeah. Yes. Thank yes. you. Yeah. Uh, well, I'll work on that. Maybe I'll sneak in uh -huh. late at night and yeah. get that done for us. <laughs> so if you figure that out, I'll, I'll give you a check. We both know that's Right, yeah. yeah. There you go. <laughs> um, so New Albany, what high school did you go to? I went to New Albany. To New Albany? Yeah. New Albany. Okay, and obviously track and cross country down there. Mm -hmm. um, what events 
were your primary events, both I was, high school and college? Uh, I was 800, 4x4, four 400, um, and the 3200 meter relay when I was in high school. And then in college, 800, which evolved into the 1500. Okay. I ran the distance medley relay quite a bit. So that middle distance was my, yeah. my repertoire. Yeah. I ran track one year in high school, freshman year. Uh, I was a sp- sprinter um, and quickly, I enjoyed it, but I yeah. quickly learned I don't really have a future here. Um, <laughs> and so I, uh, I was one of those kind of, I had, I did not have quickness. I had okay speed, but again, see, this no is why future. middle yeah. distance works out really well for right. people like this because so I ran the 200 and the 400 and the, I mean, 200 was okay, but clearly I, I, I'd already plateaued yeah. or peaked, whatever. <laughs> uh, 400 was, was better yeah. suited for me. 800 might, might've been too bad, but anyway, yeah. I switched to golf and Oh, Let's yeah. just say that was a very wise move. Well, yeah. there's probably a lot more longevity in your golf game than there is. You're not really just going to go on a this Saturday afternoon and throw down a couple of 800s. Uh, no, <laughs> I, I probably should, <laughs> yeah. but no. Yeah, that's correct. Uh, so good IU girl. Uh, that's good to hear. Obviously, being an IU alum as well, I'm, I'm very happy to uh, and, and proud to have another Hoosier on the, on the, on the podcast. Um, we have, so when you ran track and cross-country at IU, we have a mutual acquaintance Um someone that we've talked about before, uh, unfortunately, someone who, you know, based on the storyline with this podcast, um, unfortunately passed away this past in 2021, a few months back, Dr. Andy Hipskin. Mm-hmm. Um, what was Andy's role? How did you know him when you were a student athlete there? Well, he was one of the doctors uh, within the athletics department, within the medical team of yeah. IU Athletics. But he had such a tie to the track program because he was a former track athlete, believe 400 hurdles, which is Correct. one of the most grueling events in track and yeah. field. So it tells you a lot about someone's, you know, tenaciousness when they're able to do, to compete in the 400 Fair hurdles point. for sure. When it was indoor season, was still, was it still 400 or was it 300 hurdles? So it's so it, the track 300, itself is a little bit so smaller. 300 hurdles is more of like a high school event. Outdoors was a 400 hurdles. There's only short hurdles indoors. It's the 60 hurdles indoors. Okay. So most often if you're a 400 hurdler outdoors, you would do something along the lines of flat 400s indoors, or maybe even bump up to like a 600 because you obviously have the endurance run. So four by fours, mm-hmm. maybe run the 400 leg on a DMR. But yeah, it's kind of hard to translate that particular event over okay. indoors. I'm a mistake. For some reason, I thought he ran some sort of hurdle event in only indoor. And it would have been, I think, sub 400. But I, I don't I must be mistaken. Anyway, he won the Big Ten championship because it's a separate championship for indoor season. There is a separate championship they, indoors. He I was. Yeah. Is either the team championship or he actually won his individual event, right. Big Ten championship. Um, I remember seeing his rings. I was like, and the events, hey, dude, I'm going to borrow your ring. Yeah. <laughs> well, and, yeah. and of course, kind of, they change events. They evolve the events from time to time. So maybe what okay. the event was when he competed too may have not been, because he was a bit before my time at Indiana as an athlete. What are you so, saying? So, well, I'm saying he was a team doctor when I got there. So we obviously <laughs> had to be a few years removed. He'd already gone through medical school and you, done his residency and all that. You teed that one up there. So. She's saying that uh, because you're old. Yeah. <laughs> not at all. I don't know. You, you teed that all. one up pretty, I, yeah. pretty easily for her, so yeah, thanks. <laughs> that's okay i, I got your back it. i can handle it <laughs> somebody's gotta be the dad of this crew yeah. <laughs> um i'm not that old yes i am so we, in, in pre-episode conversation you mentioned espn because mm-hmm. we're talking about what you're doing now um, and you said well you were on espn at 17 so tell us about that one yeah I, that's intriguing because I, I mean as old as i am 
Yes, TV was around. Yes, ESPN was around. <laughs> and I remember watching, maybe not necessarily that episode or that series, but I, I probably did, but also the precursor to that. Yeah. Was, every- it, was it black and white, though, when you were... <laughs> No? Yes? I think that was a yes. We well, can edit now, can't we? Right. Yeah. A lot of people ask, is this what you always wanted to do? I think people are very interested because yeah. it is. I'm so fortunate to have what is such an interesting career. It's such a privilege to work in yeah. sports and work in media. And people are interested to learn like your journey in getting there. And so when people say, did you always want to work in sports? Definitively, yes. Did you always want to work in media? Did you always want to be? Definitively, yes. And I was at 17 um, nominated for an award called the Wendy's High School Heisman Award. And they fly all of the finalists to New York City as part of the Heisman weekend. I mean, it was incredible. We were at the New York Athletic Club. You have all of the finalists for the Heisman Trophy there. Um, we'll make a Purdue reference. I met Drew Brees when I was there, who was nice. just as nice. like lovely and wonderful uh, as everyone said of him. <laughs> and he you know, continued to be throughout his NFL career and now in his broadcasting career. Um, so I they do these features on each of the finalists. And they, of course, asks what, ask what your ambitions are. And I mean, these finalists are some of the most impressive people who I'd ever been around. I mean, people with like glowing GPAs who were going to Ivy League schools and all of this, and were also accomplished athletes. Mm-hmm. And I'm sitting here, I'm doing this interview, and it's kind of a, it's like a shoot your shot moment, yeah. where they're like, what do you want to do? I said, I want to be a sports broadcaster. I want to be a sports reporter. And they're like, all right then. So we get to this Sarah ceremony and they and so I'm part of the broadcast for that and so they're running the feature and they hand me the microphone like here you go here's your here's your opportunity so they let me like toss it to a break um which was so wonderful and like I mean that's like the biggest moment when you're able to do that so Mm -hmm. the amount of appreciation (laughs) I have for the producers who were able like all right we're gonna put this broadcast in the hands of a 17 year old right now like you know and uh so I got a bit of a taste of it there and along that process i was also introduced to stacy pates she was hosting classic sports america at Uh that time she was also you know working with the pacers and i kept in touch with stacy and she helped me lay the groundwork for getting internships and getting a foot in the door so many places so indebted to her and i have so much gratitude for her for being a mentor one of many for me and so i made my debut on espn ended up going to indiana and while i was in indiana there was a, a uh, internship and scholarship program through the Association of Women in, uh, Association of Women in Sports Media, and very competitive internship to be a production assistant for the summer at ESPN. So I applied for that, and I had our one of our counselors at Indiana in the journalism school who was like, okay, that's great, you wanna apply for that. What's your backup plan though? Cause that's a really competitive program to get that internship. <laughs> thanks for yeah. Yeah. Thanks for the vote of confidence there. <laughs> right. Yeah. I Good mean, job. it was also like being realistic, I yeah. guess. So I guess. too, keeps you grounded, keeps yeah. you humble. Well, I ended up getting it. Fred Brown, who uh, was one of the coordinators at ESPN, hired me as part of that internship program. So uh, then I went at 21, I go to Bristol and I get mm-hmm. to intern for the summer at ESPN. And was Sage already there at the time? Uh, Sage was not there yet. Sage, okay. I think, was in Baltimore at the okay. time. But again, someone who I'm so fortunate to call a friend and right. I absolutely adore. And I should have sent in my photo with Sage. That's when I need to drop in. I'll have to send you that one after the fact. We'll right. fix that in post. Yeah, well, she and I were classmates at IU. She's you? much younger than me, of course. I but we were classmates. Adore, adore Sage. And so worked at ESPN with a ton of other people um, who were either interns or new into the business. Like I joke that it was like 
the best summer camp ever because you're working these just absurd hours. You know, it's not yeah. a nine to five, right? Yeah, I mean, it's right. the worldwide leader. You have shows all hours of the day, all yeah. hours of the night. So your off days are like a Monday, Tuesday, or maybe a Wednesday, Thursday, depending yeah. on the week. But it's great because everyone's on that same schedule. So you're all looking, what's our consecutive day off? Cool. Like we would go, you know, to Hartford for the night. Like that was our big night out. Or we would drive, you know, we take the train into New York City or some of us would go to Boston or mm -hmm. one week and went to like Watch Hill, Rhode Island. So it was like okay. totally like work hard, play hard. You were learning absolutely everything about being in the business. And I mean, you're you're not just doing the menial tasks. You are yeah. writing, I mean, I was writing scripts for Stuart Scott that were on SportsCenter and things like this. It was wild and it was so awesome. And along my path at ESPN, I met John Anderson, one of the pillars of SportsCenter, right. of course. John, a track guy, okay. he was a high jumper at Missouri. Yeah. So we bonded over the shared love of track and field. Well, 2015, John helps get me an opportunity to be part of the ESPN broadcast for the NCAA Track and Field Championships. Oh, perfect. So wow. 15 years after I'd had my debut as a teenager and gotten to toss to break as part of the coverage of the Wendy's High School Heisman, yeah. I was actually in the booth calling a track meet, working with John Anderson and Dwight Stones mm -hmm. and being, and so it was this very full circle moment that it's yeah. just such a testament to having really wonderful people in my life who had been, you know, willing to help me open doors and help create opportunities for me. So that's one of the beautiful things about this really wild, unpredictable business of sports media is right. how great the people are along the way. Of your uh, best summer camp ever, how many yeah. of your cohorts are still in the business Ooh, and that you that you like stay in contact with uh, one of the people who i stay in contact most with is mike hall who's at big 10 network okay. um so he uh had one dream job which was kind of refresher this crazy reality show this competition where they took a bunch of contestants through this program and the winner became a sports center anchor at the end okay. like that was what oh, you wow. won it was it was awesome and okay. mike won dream job so he wasn't an intern but he was coming in he was fresh out of missouri and he'd won dream job and was going in and so he was in like the espn boot camp kind of similar to where we mm. were so mike for sure thinking of a lot of other people um quite a few i would say the majority even if they weren't interns they are producers in some capacity have yeah. a ton of different roles so i would say probably more than half and still keep in touch with a number of them especially because so fortunate to be in indianapolis which yeah. is this first class hosting city oftentimes when it's the big 10 tournament the final four super right. bowl yep. you know co the college basketball tournament or college football playoff, people will be like, hey, I'm in town, I'm covering this, or I'm hosting clients for this, and I get to catch up with people pretty often because yeah. of being here, which is such a destination for hosting world-class sporting events. Yeah. yeah, that's cool. On cue, just to have hosted the, you know, the, the national championship. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, I had uh, some some friends who had spent some time in Indy. They're Alabama natives and now live back in Alabama. Obviously huge Alabama fans, because I, I believe both of them went to school there um, and so I was messing with them a little bit. They were like, Hey, we're going to be in town. I go, what are you being in town for? They look at me like, it's crazy. I go, Oh, you're coming in town for the Georgia yeah. game. <laughs> and I needless to say, it. I got the proper, uh, GIF yeah. in reply on that one. Oh yeah, no doubt. <laughs> I have not said anything to them since the game's been over. Well, I got <laughs> to, yeah. so again, this kind of, you know, wild world and 
the great fortune that there is among it. My cousins live just outside of Atlanta uh-huh. and are diehard and massive Georgia Bulldogs fans. So because of you know, working for the Colts and having obviously Lucas Oil Stadium, right. I was able to get them tickets nice. and get them to the game. And they got to witness history. I was getting the best selfies of them, yeah. like freaking out, <laughs> yeah. like tossing the confetti, going wild. Yep. So yeah, my cousin that's and cool. his 15 year old son made the trip. That's, that's cool. very cool. Yeah, it was yeah. great to see them. Um, so that's a good segue into, I guess, what you're doing now. Um, give us a, I don't know, it's not a typical day, but what would you say? Okay, re- rehash what you're doing now, but then, but tell maybe tell us what what is it about what you do now that you enjoy the most? Oh, that's such a great question. So I have been with the Indianapolis Colts since 2019. Okay, started just before training camp of 2019, and it's kind of a balance of in season and out of season roles mm-hmm. is the best way to describe my role and exactly what I do. So. Uh, year round, I host our podcast, Colts Official Podcast. But in season, you know, preseason, I'm doing our TV broadcast, sideline reporting. In season, I do our radio sidelines for our radio coverage, along with Matt Taylor and Rick Venturi. And then I also host our TV show, Colts 360. So we're doing all of that like, TV, radio, Colts.com, all of that content. But in addition to the on-air role, I'm also helping to produce for all of our original content that we're doing over the course of the season as well. We have okay. a series called Director's Cut, where we have players break down um, significant plays throughout the season. So working with our production team mm-hmm. um, on those. And then out of season, it's really immersed in the producing Role. I would say it's almost 50-50 in season. Out of season, it's probably more like 80-20, where it's 80% producing heavy, which I've really learned, I've really come to love um, right. that role. So we have our draft series with the next pick, Emmy Award winning with the next pick, in which we follow scouts in the front office along the entire draft process, what it's like to build a roster. We have other other series we do, Colts Forever, which is our Colts alumni series. We have gone and caught up with guys like Jeff Saturday uh, and Hunter Smith about mm-hmm. what their lives are like and like, reminiscing on their careers right. playing for the Colts, but then also what they're doing now yeah. and how their Colts careers impacted their journeys. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have Colts Life where we go to guys in their hometowns. We learn about mm-hmm. how they grew up, their families, their stories, and all of that. Uh, we have been with Naheem Hines and Bobby O'Karake, been to their home hometowns, not with their families, yep. uh, done all of that. So that's what the more off-season okay. role looks like in, in that capacity. So really just making sure that we're engaging with people who are already Colts fans and what they want to see and also helping other people who are outside just learn about the organization. Maybe they're NFL fans, maybe they're just fans of a particular player and then introducing them to more of the behind the scenes of the organization and what it is. Right. Yeah. That's very cool. Uh, Bobby O'Karake, Eagle Scout, by the way. Okay. Yes, he is. There's a little, what, a little butt fact for you that you yeah. may have known. We interviewed his scout leader about about oh. him, and oh, it's wow. like a, yeah, as part of the process. Yeah. No reason why I didn't know it. I haven't I haven't seen that. It's a massive accomplishment. Yeah. Well, yeah. yes, it is. Um, well, Actually, okay. Another yeah. another yeah. fact. <laughs> yeah. My college coach Judy Wilson, her okay. husband and son are both Eagle Scouts. Well, there you go. Yeah. S- small world. So. It seems like, I mean, from the Colts. It's kind of like a Navy SEAL, but, yeah, but different. But without all the <laughs> holding your breath underwater right. thing. 
Um, but it seems like, I mean, from the Colts' perspective, that's a huge media engine. Is mm-hmm. that m- unique to the Colts, or is that what all NFL teams now are doing these days? It has been an evolution where I would say five years ago, you probably didn't see quite what it is now in most teams. Mm -hmm. And I think that you have seen a lot more teams put high priority on building those production teams, building those media teams within Mm -hmm. their own organization. Um, So it's great because it creates opportunities within the teams and it allows the teams to provide different perspectives you know it was once that you had to rely on other media outlets to really tell the the stories well now this allows you the opportunity to not only know your own stories better because you're immersed in working in the building every single day and you're really forming great relationships that allow you to tell the stories even better but then you're also i mean you have an endless platform with things like social media and YouTube and the dot-com platforms where you're able to, you know, it's not like you have a a word limit or a time limit on a TV show. You have just boundless opportunities to be able to, to do that. So it's an incredible privilege and opportunity to do that. But I would say that this is certainly a trend that we have seen building over the last five years. I would say the majority of NFL teams probably have put a priority on building this on building that brand Mm -hmm. and you know you think about it of course teams that are in the large market teams like dallas and you know both la organizations uh have a high priority and they have really well-built teams but even your quote-unquote smaller market teams are putting more and more investment in doing this as well and it's i mean for me there are fewer than 32 of these roles across the nfl there are teams that have team reporters but that are a little bit different from my specific role there are teams that have roles that are nearly identical to mine but not every organization has one of these opportunities that there is so yeah um i'm gonna flip the script a little bit yeah so you, you said about it's all about telling stories right that's what we are trying to do be storytellers um, Absolutely. So, in that vein, what is your cancer story? Um, I guess that's it. What's your cancer story? <laughs> I am, I have to preface this by saying yeah. I have been so incredibly fortunate that there have been really limited within like my family, mm-hmm. limited occurrences of, you know, very severe, you know, cancer stories, you know, that we have been impacted certainly um, in certain degrees. But the most impactful for me is my very close friend, my former colleague, Lindy Thaxton, Mm -hmm. Fox 59 anchor. We joked for many years that we were work twins because we would do Pacers games. We were in-game MCs together and worked on the Fox 59 morning show. And she came from a sports background Mm -hmm. and was anchoring. I came from a sports background and I was doing traffic. And Lindy was diagnosed with, you know, very advanced colorectal cancer and has been through this battle now going on two years. And I have told people like, and you know, it's, it's such a, um, I think a, 
misnomer that it's like, oh, well, she had to have pre-existing condition or she had she had family history or, right. you know, something like this. She had no family history. She had no indication of this. Very healthy. I mean, I've always said, you know, Lindy was my girlfriend who was doing juice cleanses and Pilates before it was trendy. You right. know, like yeah. she is one of, if Lindy, and she'd said this before, well before her cancer diagnosis, like when everyone asks you, okay, if you weren't a TV anchor, what would you be doing? And Lindy's like, oh, I think I'd be like an organic, health food chef. And, and that's totally okay. what she would have been doing is, you know, she would have been probably had some sort of very cool, um, you know, like garden table or um, I'm trying to think of, uh, or, um, trying to think of spot on the Monon, um, public green, no, public green. Right, you yeah. know, that kind of would have yeah. been in her repertoire because she was, she's such this like active, mindful, healthy person. Mm -hmm. So she is such a testament to that no matter who you are, like, like cancer is equal opportunity. Like it will right. come for you no matter what. And to see, you know, to have it hit so close to home. I mean, it took like, when Lindy told me, I remember exactly where I was. I was like standing in my kitchen and I'm like, this doesn't make sense. Like I was so, I was so hurt because I wanted like, I wanted to, to fight for her. It's like when somebody comes and picks on your friend when yeah. you're a kid and somebody's bullying your friend, you just wanna, you wanna shove them or you wanna punch them, you wanna be able to fight back physically, right? Yeah. And that was like the, the response I had was, how do we fight this, what can I do? How do I stand up for my friend? How do I battle for my friend? Cause this is so unfair. She's, you know, a mom and she is, she is so career driven. I mean, this is a woman who was getting up at two o'clock in the morning, working her shift at Fox 59 and then going over and doing PA at IMS. And she's so well respected and mm -hmm. she is a friend to everyone. And I knew that she, you know, if it were a situation that anyone else had had that same news, Lind Lindy would have been the first one saying, how do I help you? What do you need? What do you need me to do for you? And so I, I like took it so personally because I, w I felt so helpless that I couldn't do anything more for her in this fight than to let her know I'm here for you. What do you need? Praying for you, providing anything, dropping off meals, dropping off, you know, yeah. books, but you know, pajamas to wear when you're cozy, and you know, all of those type of things to make her, you know, just feel more comfortable when she was going through all of her surgeries and all of her treatments. And she is just like such a warrior because not only has she gone through this battle and continued to, you know keep her career and, you know, be a mom and, you know, be a wife. And she's done it all very publicly. Mm -hmm. She has been so candid and let everyone see her scars on her body. And, you know, just this, what everything that she has taken on, I mean, you know, the, the physical, you know, um, toll that it has taken, you know, going through all of, um, you know, the weight loss and, you know, the drain on her and how it has taken a toll on her mentally. And yeah. she has shown the days where she is sobbing and trying to speak through tears about what this has done to her and not just to her, but to her family, but continued to still, still have this unwavering positive outlook, you know, and, and be so grateful that she is in such great care through it all. And she's had such great support and she has her beautiful son who is able to lift her spirits when she is going through her darkest, most challenging days. So, I mean, you know, it's, I'm in a situation where we talk about, you know, athletes and we love to regard athletes as these these heroes right like and and they can yeah. be 
but you aren't deemed a hero just based on what you do on a football field or on a basketball court or what it is. Like, to me, I am so fortunate to get to tell great stories of these guys who have overcome many obstacles and have these wonderful journeys to get to where they are to be successful in the NFL. But when you talk about warriors and you talk about heroes, that woman is my hero. And yeah. I am so grateful that she's been in the care of the doctors that she has here in <clears throat> Indianapolis that I'm able to still text her. And she's still here despite how grim her diagnosis was at points. And the fact that the cancer came back and reappeared and she is still here and she's still fighting and yeah. she's still telling the story and using her platform to help others. <laughs> yeah, very well said. Um, Lindy was it a guest of ours of about six, seven months ago, maybe? Yeah. Um, it's early on. Not too far from May yeah. of last year. Um, and, and you hit the nail on the head, 100%. Uh, Lindy, we, we were thinking about you. Um, very good news recently. Um, certainly appreciate you uh, being as candid as you are with, with the public, as, as Lara said. Um, so, we're again, just we're thinking about you, and we love you. And... Uh, We'll keep following with you and fighting with you. Um, kind of a, a good segue there in terms of you would, you were asking you like what, and it's, and it's, it's an, an obvious question um, that a lot of people ask. Certainly, have had you know this in, in my world uh, where people hear the news and like what you know what can what can I do? And we all, we all know there's you know only so much they can do. I mean, I mean, if, if we could, we could snap our fingers and make the cancer go away, we certainly would, but that's not exactly an option. Um, you have agreed to join the ambassador, uh, family of the heroes foundation, which is, um, a group of individuals, um, and specifically for our fit for heroes event, mm -hmm. um, that are very similar to call it brand ambassadors for whether it be Lululemon or whatever brand it may be that, that has that position. Um, I guess I'm gonna ask you a question that I think we already know the answer to, but I'm gonna ask it anyway. What made you decide, I mean, you probably get asked to do a lot of things. Yeah, I, that's something I wanna do. Well, it's, you know, a, a passion for, because I do know so many stories like Lindy's, this is the one certainly that impacts me the most. Yeah. But, you know, through my experience with the Indianapolis Colts a couple of years ago, we hosted this event mm -hmm. for this, for a kid again, and it's kids who have diagnoses, many of which are cancer related that they are battling through. And we did, this is at the um, initiation of Jacoby Brissett. He had the idea to do a Halloween costume fashion show, runway okay. show type of a thing where all of these kids that were a part of a kid again, cool. um, they're involved with the organization and they were paired with a player and they dressed up in, you know, matching or correlating costumes. And we got to see, I mean, it was so wonderful to see guys like Jacoby and Jack Doyle and T.Y. Hilton and Kenny Moore and, Anthony Costanzo and Coach Reich dressed up in a dinosaur costume <laughs> just so that these kids could have a couple of moments where they were taken away from thinking about all that they've been through and they got to walk the runway at the Colts complex. They set up this awesome, I mean, it was truly like a runway. So they walked down, they played music, they were <laughs> playing, they were dancing. They got to have the spotlight 
on them. And right. that was just another occasion where Jacoby asked me to help host it just to kind of be a ringleader of the whole thing. And just to help introduce everyone as they came down. Cause you know, we yeah. announced them almost as if they're running out of the tunnel with their right. name and who they Perfect. are and <laughs> That's awesome. all of those type of things. And that was just another reminder of having a platform that I do. I'm very grateful to by nature of being in sports and working in the media you have a certain reach and you have a certain platform that you're able to connect with people. And mm -hmm. this is a cause that is so important to me because it impacts everyone, regardless of your demographic, regardless of, you know, your background, whatever it is. I mean, it is something that impacts most people. So for me to be able to do whatever I can to be so fortunate to have this platform, how can I raise awareness? How can I raise money? How can I connect people with stories that might help them? How can I introduce someone to Lindy's story? Her mm -hmm. maybe just went through a similar diagnosis and right. maybe her story gives that person hope mm -hmm. or maybe her story and her talking about the doctor, she saw, wow, maybe that person's able to reach out with that doctor or whatever it is. Yeah. There is such a power of storytelling and that's why I love my job but that is why I love being involved with this organization is to hopefully spread these stories of positivity that there are and to have an impact because in those situations, we do feel we are so useless. It's like, oh my gosh, well, you know, if you have millions and millions of dollars, maybe you make a don do you make a don donation or, or, you know, to do whatever it is. Or if you are fortunate enough to be much smarter than I am, and you're one of those doctors <laughs> who can treat these patients who are battling yeah. with these illnesses, well, what can I do? Well, I think my skill set lends itself to helping connect and helping to share the stories. And, you know, I'm very passionate about fitness as well. I have a track and field, you know, background. Right. And so there is a component of obviously this that is connected with, with fitness. And that mm -hmm. is something that too, I know helped, you know, I've heard Lindy talk about just her ability on the days that she felt good enough to get outside and take a walk and how mm -hmm. much that helped just her mental state. So, you know, helping people be aware of too, of the, yeah. the fitness component, the overall wellness component that there is to the, to it as well. Yeah, you, you hit another topic that is kind of ties into Fit for Heroes. So um, as Lara said, you know, cancer can affect anyone. There are certain aspects of cancer prevention, uh, which is our, you know, being an active, healthy lifestyle, whether it's, you know, working out, eating right, et cetera. Um, but sometimes cancer shows up anyway. Um, I can certainly attest to that. Um, and Fit for Heroes is an event that promotes that those aspects, those prevention aspects through active lifestyles. And we started out as a spinathon, and we still have, it's still a huge component of it. However, we quickly realized, you know, not everybody rides a bike. Not everybody does spin bike stuff. Um, there's a whole array of activities people can do uh, to get their butts off the couch. And uh, I mean, Daniel and I, and I, and I don't know, give or take a dozen other guys, yeah. uh, honestly, we did a golf thing last year because yep. it was all virtual. So we said, okay, in the month of March, we're going to play 2021 golf holes, either actual outside playing on a regular course or virtual in a simulator. And we raised, I don't know, several thousand. I mean, yeah. I don't know if we hit 10, but we're pretty close if, somewhere if we didn't hit it. Yeah. So we're going to do it again. We got even more people involved. So that's okay. that's the whole point. And and really, what we're trying to do with Fit for Heroes is take this thing up a notch to the point of 
why can't this be a statewide movement or a statewide campaign? So whether you're New Albany mm -hmm. to South Bend, even West Lafayette, and naturally Bloomington, God's country, <laughs> um, we will you know band together as Hoosiers, regardless of what your mm -hmm. college affiliation is, uh, because cancer doesn't give a shit if you're a Boilermaker or Hoosier or Irish or what have you. Um, and, and, and really get something going here in, within the state. And we've got three phenomenal, and, and I'm probably leaving out others, I apologize, but three phenomenal research institutions between Notre Dame, Purdue, and IU that are doing a lot of extensive work uh, to fight cancer. I'm sure they're not the only ones. It could, for all I know, Ball State, Butler, Marion, Evansville, I'm leaving out others, but probably has something going on too. I just don't, I'm not aware of it. But uh, anyway, this type of an event can really elevate the cancer fighting game in, in the Hoosier State um, and better equip the Heroes Foundation to assist those universities with funding uh, to get some of this really important work done. Um, so thank you for sharing that story. Thank you for being a part of the ambassador team. Yes. And one thing, when you talk about the yeah. fundraising too, I think one of the things that opened my eyes to the impact that these stories can have is I had the fortune to interview Tyler Trent a few times mm. before Tyler passed away and lost yeah. his battle with cancer. And my gosh, what a radiant light he was all the way up right. until the very end. And he continues to be, his legacy continues still to just shine light and give so many people hope and give so many people optimism and his wonderful, wonderful family and all that they have done to celebrate his memory and continue by those do those donations and creating the Tyler Trent Foundation. Right. I think that Tyler's story, which was prior to Lindy's diagnosis, that's really where I started to see the power that these individuals can have in their stories and using platforms that they do. Yeah, 100%. Uh, I know you already know this. So in my office, I only have one item mm -hmm. that has any affiliation with Purdue University whatsoever. Um, by design, somewhat. Yeah. Is it the bobblehead? And head? it is the Tyler yep. Trent bobblehead. Mm -hmm. And I, I'll tell you what, it is, it is sitting there front and center on my shelf of other stuff. Um, I, I love it. It's yeah. great. I have no qualms with that one whatsoever. Yep. I know. And it's one of my favorite, one of my favorite pictures I have. And, and I remember too, like I loved it when I reached out to Tyler, uh, via Twitter, you know, sent him a direct, direct message and asked him about, Hey, we would love to come and, and tell your story and do an interview. And he, he, he's so witty and he was such a talented writer. Like if you go back and you read some of what yeah. he did, he, uh, he said, uh, He's like, I'd, I'd be honored, you know, even though you are a Hoosier. Like, it was so great. Like, <laughs> nice. I mean, just yep. like the quip, quip in there, right? Yeah, right? I love it. I mean, the, the battle, that rivalry, like, knows yep. no bounds. So I, I appreciate <laughs> exactly. it. I'm like, all right, we're going to get along just fine. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> all right. Well, in closing, um, thanks again for joining us today. Yeah, thank you guys for having it. me. I appreciate yep. you inviting me on and having me as part of the program. It's Absolutely. so exciting. And I've, I've been able to go to the, you know, the gala before. So I've had a bit of an introduction. So to have an active role is truly such an honor. Well, thank yep. you. We appreciate that. Um, everyone out there, thanks for joining us today. Thanks for listening in on wherever you listen to your podcasts. Thank you for watching on YouTube. Again, folks, if you have not already done so, please hit that like button, the subscribe button, and your little notification bell there so you can be alerted when new episodes drop. Uh, thanks again. Have a happy new year and best of luck in 2022. Go. go Hoosiers and beat cancer. <laughs> That pains Chris so bad to play that right now. <laughs>